Hello and welcome back or welcome to the Riley Brakefield Show, a podcast about whatever I feel the need to talk about, you know, on any given day. Every Tuesdays and Fridays, new episodes come out. Uh, don't forget to like, share, subscribe. This is your first time. If this isn't your first time and you've been listening, please go follow me on all social medias. I'm on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, you know, all, 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 all the big shebang, all the important ones. I'm there. But I hope you're having a wonderful week, moving into the weekend here with Christmas coming right around the corner. I'm a Christmas guy, I've always loved Christmas. We'll we'll shed more light on Christmas next week when it gets closer. But today's show, um, hitting a couple news items to start out with. Um, Hitting one love, one hate. Um, Then my uh, doing a little talk about a mock draft I made up uh, here that I'll put out on social media uh, tomorrow. I'll just kind of hit the big ones in there, you know, the ones that the big decisions that as I was going through that I think should be made when that when the draft comes around. Um, Let me talk about my five favorite college basketball games of the weekend. Can't give too much gambling advice. Don't know what the lines are yet or the odds, so can't give too much there. I'll just kind of give you my opinion what a panel what it kind of comes out that. Then my top five favorite bowl games of the weekend, you know, the ones that I think should be fun or there's kind of a cool storyline, something like that there. And then finish the show out with uh, five NFL games that uh, have a big impact looking towards the playoff picture now. Also where I'm putting my money, you know, I'm always, I'm always gambling, I'm always losing. So, but let's, I hope you have a, I hope you enjoy this episode. I don't know. I'm struggling with words right now. I just hope you enjoy this episode, but uh, let's get into it. Sat, um. Sadly, Mike Leach passed away earlier this week. Um, I'll talk a little bit about that, a little bit more about that here in a bit. Um, but just want to shed some light. Zach Arnett is uh, he's now going to be the new head coach of Mississippi State. Guy definitely deserves that. He's was an awesome defensive coordinator for them the past couple of years, and at his time at San Diego State as well. The guy knows ball. Huge part of the reason why Mike Leach found success there. You know, he's a huge part of that. So he'll he'll now be promoted. Uh, the the new head coach so i think it was well deserved you know pretty young guy i think he's only 36 but he, he's he's smart minded so it'll be, it's he it should be the right hire from mississippi state moving forward in the future but i'll talk like i said i'll talk a little bit more about uh mike leach here in a bit other head coaching news ryan walters uh defensive coordinator at illinois he also had a phenomenal year illinois had the number one scoring defense in the country you know they they were great against the run they were great against the pass they they just had a phenomenal season as a defense as whole so ryan walters their defensive coordinator he's now the new head coach at purdue um should be should pan out well i think we'll see you know it's all about recruiting and you know, at kind of a lower level power five, but he's still a good head coach, so he should find some success there. And it's still a pretty, pretty decent roster for the most part. But in turn, you know, Jeff Brom, he went over to Louisville. That's why they had the head coaching vacancy. So Drew Brees, former Purdue quarterback in the early 2000s, late 90s, uh, he'll be at. <clears throat> He'll be on the staff for the bowl game. He's going to serve as an interim offensive analysis, I believe. So that'll be pretty cool. You know, some people have been thinking that he should get into coaching, that he's one of those guys that, uh, you know, might even get a look for the Purdue job. We'll see what happens. So we'll definitely see. It'll be fun to watch. Purdue's lost a lot of guys. Charlie Jones, their best wide receiver, and led the nation in receiving yards, I'm pretty sure. You know, he had a phenomenal year. He's He's opted out of the the game. He's gonna pre- prepare for the draft as well as their quarterback Aiden O'Connell. So, be kind of cool to see what, see what old Drew Brees can do. See how much involvement he has there with the team for something like that. But uh, definitely, definitely gonna be fun to watch. <clears throat> 
That's about all the sporting news I got for you or anything that I care. I got a couple other things news-wise. DC Universe, uh, James Gunn, he's he's running that show. He uh, directed the Guardians of the Galaxy, and he's done Suicide Squads and stuff like that. Now a big part of the future for the DC Universe, I guess. Um, you know, they've been cutting a lot of a lot of shows, a lot of movies, a lot of actors, actresses, you know, all this stuff they had in the works that they're all kind of, sounds like they're pretty much going to start from scratch. And a lot of DC fans really like the Henry Cavill Superman. James Gunn tweeted out yesterday, I believe, that he will no longer be a part of that. There is a, a new Superman in the works, possibly, but Henry Cavill will no longer be Superman. I think the guy who plays a great Superman, he looks exactly like Superman, so I thought it was the perfect role for him. But in turn, in reading about this and looking at Twitter, I, I stumbled across the little uh, piece of information here. It was about an arrest for a gentleman that uh, was a pedophile. <clears throat> but in the documents that were released, part of their evidence that they found was that this guy and his wife had attended a party at James Gunn, James Gunn's house where he had told the guests to dress as pedophiles or abuse victims, such as children. Kind of a scumbag, disgusting thing when you think about really what it is. A bunch of Hollywood elites, you know, getting together, basically just being disgusting human beings like they are and proving everyone right that has said anything about them being, you know, pedophiles and child sex trafficking. It just kind of proves more the point. And, you know, the more I sat there and thought about it, I'm like, why is... Why is this guy not under fire? Why is he allowed to be the head of some whole universe that's supposed to be built? Like, how is how does Hollywood continuously, continuously just let this stuff slip through the cracks and there's no repercussions and nobody really gives a shit about what happened? Like, that's just, it baffles me. It baffles me. All those people have kids. They all, but because they're rich and famous and have trillions and millions of dollars and all this shit, they, they, can, they know that that'll never happen to their kids. But who cares if it happens to other people's? It's just sad. It's a disgusting world we live in, especially that fucking dumpster fireplace they call fucking the land of whatever fucking pieces of shits, I guess. We'll call it that. Lands of the pieces of shits. That's what we should call Hollywood from now on. But they do every now and then, you know, make some good stuff, such as this new reality TV show called Milf Manor. You know, if you're a young guy, this is the place for you. You got eight horned up old ladies who sadly went through a divorce because their husband cheated on them because, you know... That happens when you're a stay-at-home housewife and you don't ever have sex with your husband. That'll happen sometimes, most of the time, you know, or, you know, there's the scenario where this woman is batshit crazy and that's the one you want to avoid, boys. If I could give you any piece of advice, I mean, I've never, I've never married a cougar. I've never dated a cougar, but, you know, from what I've seen in the world, I don't think that uh, the, the, the unstable ones are the right ones to choose, you know, that's just, that's just my opinion. But basically a new reality TV show, MILF Manor, you know, eight horny old ladies and just a bunch of young college dudes and some villain Mexico. And of course, TLC is the one backing it, man. They're always pushing the bar for new TV shows, you know, they're like 16 and Parade. No, they didn't start that one. But they've always had, I can't think of them. I should have done a deep dive because they always are starting the most random, you know, 600 pound life, just the most cringeworthy but great television TV shows. TLC is always finding them. So, but <clears throat> that should be a fun one to watch. Now, moving back to losers of the world, um, the Antifa losers that there that there that there are in South Atlanta. Um, five of them were arrested, I believe, on the thirteenth for domestic terrorism. Yeah. 
So, um, not a good look for Antifa. Everyone knows they're a criminal organization that's basically worthless and all they want to do is destroy the modern world that is built and just make us a worse country than we already are. So that's just what Antifa is. But they were arrested for domestic uh, terrorism. What it was there, they found all sorts of, a cache of explosives, they say. All sorts of stuff like that. I, I Even when I was doing some research and reading, apparently they had trying to burn a man alive in his car because... What they're camping out at or protecting is supposed to be some police academy training facility, I believe. So they're all like, you know, this is fucking disgusting. Cops ruin the world, that kind of thing. They're throwing a tantrum tantrum and finally a couple of them got busted. It's just disgusting behavior, you know. If you, you can you can have a, a, dis, a disdain and a disinterest in cops if he, for multitude of reasons. Not everyone loves cops. Cops are assholes, you know. But still, they're still human lives. They still have to do a job, and it's tough. But you can voice how you feel without causing violence. You know, like, what they do is fucking ridiculous and just makes makes the divide in our country bigger. So happy to see a couple of them get put, hopefully put behind bars. Speaking of fighting, though, over in China and India, uh, a couple of their soldiers at the border decided to just throw some hands to kind of figure out uh, the border war. So... I don't really know who won, but uh, you can go find that video on Twitter. It was quite hilarious to watch. I just wanted to tell you because I like a good fight. Who doesn't? You know, bare knuckle, no weapons. Even when they have weapons, no weapons involved. Just beating the shit out of each other. I've always wanted to do one of those. I've always, always just wanted to get in like a big old massive brawl just for fun. Just to see what happens. See if I can hold my own with a bunch of dudes trying to beat me up. Just out of curiosity. Not, nothing else. But that's all the news I got for you today. Now we're going to move on to one love, one hate. Like I said a little bit ago, I'm talking about Mike Leach a bit more. Right now I'm on love on Mike Leach, man. Sad, sadly, passed away earlier this week. Um, sad, sad deal, man. Just one of the all-time best best cultural coaches there ever was, you know. And you can get into the details about why he wasn't because he's not going to be considered for the Hall of Fame, they say, because his winning percentage was below 60%. Kind of a garbage excuse, you know, when you think about what, what Mike Leach did for football, but not only that, who he was as a person, man. He, he embodied a lot of things that I, I, want to, I want to be myself as a man, you know. He just, he always was talking about, he was a football coach that didn't really give a shit about football almost. He just loved to talk about whatever was going on through his there was big old brain, whatever you want to talk about, whatever's on his mind. He didn't care to speak. His, he just, he didn't care. He spoke his mind. He always had an opinion about something, but he was never hurtful. He was never mean. He was just, he was the pirate, man. Just who he was as a person. Sad to see him go. Sad to see him gone for college football. But he definitely deserves being in the Hall of Fame. And I could go into the freaking accolades here, man. I mean, the coaching tree that he built. Unreal, Art Bryles, Sonny Dykes, Dana Holgerson, Lincoln Riley, Dave Aranda. I mean, a couple of those guys were all on the staff in the early 2000s together. I'm pretty sure, who was it? Dave Aranda, Art Bryles, Sonny Dykes, Dana Holgerson were all on the same staff together from like 2000 to 2002. Like, unreal. What the, the talent that he was able to find as far as coaching, you know, to help build these great minds that we have and, you know, share his knowledge. I mean, he created a whole offense with Hal Mummy. The air raid offense has transformed college football and football as a whole. What he did for college football is, you know, in the whole, you go to the whole 60, 60%. It's like, 
the guy coached 21 seasons and 16 of them he was above 500 was is a winning season 16 out of 21 seasons when he's at texas tech he never even had a losing season the guy is one of the all-time best coaches we ever got to see and the way he the only reason if he was that bigger name bigger brand programs it would be no doubt in anyone's mind that he was a hall of fame coach but he didn't go that route he built up programs he always went to some little spot somewhere in some you know power five conference that needed a little bit of help you know he molded young men he was able to find talent he did it at run of the mill you know the the average power five programs and he he did it phenomenally so i love mike leach everything about him as a person like i said unbelievable so that's all i gotta say about mike leach now after that what i would consider a beautiful monologue even though it probably wasn't to mike leach i gotta move on to a little bit of hating here because that's just how i am i like to love and i like to hate things i'm just that's how i am i'm hating on five o'clock traffic Mostly for the part is once I got off work at five, I had like three errands to run. You know, I, I live in a bigger city. I live in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I grew up in a, you know, small town, Montana. So I never really dealt with a lot of traffic. But moving to a big city, man, has it fucking taught me a lot. The stupidity of people, man. They just, traffic just gets, I get it. Everybody's off work. Everybody wants to go home. But if you all would just stop take a breather and stop being stupid we could all get home at the same exact time and there would be no problems it's the stupidity the sitting in the intersections the cutting people off not being in the right lane figure it out it's not that hard learn how to drive man i mean i feel like we should have to redo the driving test every five years because some people i don't think know the rules of driving either it's ridiculous so i hate you five o'clock traffic it's absolutely annoying absolutely disgusting just like my NFL mock draft that I made up. Absolutely beautiful. Absolutely disgusting. Like I said earlier in the intro, going to put this out on social media. You know, just kind of want to talk about it. You know, fill a little void in the show. And I love I love the draft. I've always been a big fan of draft. I, I remember when I was a kid, we my mom would always have a, like a business conference. And it would be at this local spot. Not a local spot, but a local spot in Montana. It would be like everyone would go there and always fall on that weekend of the nfl draft you know and this place had slipping or not slipping slides water slides water slides pools hot tubs all that all the big shebang all that jazz but if the draft was on i'd only like to go swim for like 30 minutes and i'd sit there and watch and be like oh i remember watching that guy i remember watching that guy i've always loved the draft just because i love college football i love to see where the guys i love playing where they're going so i know like with the watch you know whatever even though i hate the nfl now i don't hate it it's just it's boring sometimes you know how it is but just did a mock draft i'm probably gonna keep doing these you know kind of as we get closer to the draft just for fun but obviously number one pick i had to go will anderson to the texans that's pretty obvious to me i feel like if i'm the texans i don't i don't see the point in drafting a quarterback with your first round pick this year there's gonna be good talent in the draft again next year you know the team's gonna be the team's gonna probably still be bad if you draft a quarterback i mean I think it would be smarter for them to go the edge route and draft Will Anderson, you know, build, keep building up your roster, get a, you know, they have a couple other first round, I believe they have another first round pick, you know, they have quite a few picks this, this year, you know, use that, use some of the, you know, cap space you have, try to build up the roster and then draft the quarterback. Davis Mills is still young. How you, they, you can't even say you've given the guy a shot necessarily. I mean, the, the team has been horrible the past two years that he's been there, two different head coaches, you know, a lack of weapons. If, if any weapons you could say so 
I think it would be dumb to draft the quarterback when your roster is still needs a lot of work. I would can, I would build the roster and rock with Davis Mills and see if it works out rather than waste the pick, in my opinion, on a quarterback when your team's probably still going to be bad, maybe just a little bit better. You might win one or two games, but I feel like if you build up the roster, you might win four or five. But then, you know, obviously you have to get in conversation. Okay, Riley, where'd you put – who's the first quarterback taken? Where is it taken? You know, who was it? What, where? How long? I see the Seahawks, you know, they hold the Broncos pick, which is at number two right now. I see the Seahawks, if they were to get that, you know, they don't make the playoffs with Geno this year. You know, Geno is a little bit older. I think he's 33. I would take Bryce Young if I was them. Give Bryce a year. Let him recover from the couple bang-ups and shit that he had at Alabama. Let him learn learn the system, you know, put him in a little garbage time, put him in here and there just to kind of mix it up, get a good feel of the game. But don't rush into it because you have a pretty talented roster. Just keep building it. Keep building talent. I mean, the Seahawks are always great at drafting. I would I would be surprised if they didn't draft a quarterback at two, especially you know if if Bryce doesn't go off the board at one to the Texans, like in that scenario. But you know, not nothing too else crazy. You know, I've been saying it for weeks. You know, Lions are sitting at four right now. I don't think they should draft a quarterback. I would be surprised if they did. You know, the way I had the mock draft falling, fallen, you know, the Bears would take Peter Skrzowski, I think is how you say his name, tackle, built offensive line, smart pick for them. That leaves Jalen Carter, D-lineman from Georgia. And if you watch the any employment all this year, the kid's unbelievably talented. I would think that the Lions would do that, bolster up the defense to match with Aiden Hutchinson, cooking now you're cooking with gas, with fire. I can't remember how the saying goes. But that, to me, would be the smart pick. You know, and the Eagles, they're they're pretty lucky. They'll have the five pick. I could see them taking Miles Murphy there, you know, bolstering up that defensive line. Just keep getting better. You know, you can never go wrong with having multiple defensive linemen. At seven, I think, is where we see the second quarterback off the, off the board. I could see the Colts drafting C.J. Stroud. Everyone knows that that roster has a ton of talent. They're really, really good. Dealing with some injuries this year, but one of the most talented rosters in the NFL, in my opinion. One of the best offensive lines. You know, see what you can get maybe out in the free agency market, quarterback wise. You know, see where you're feeling. You know, maybe rock Matt Ryan, but then go with drafting CJ Stroud at seven. I just, to me, it would make sense. You know, we could rock with Matt Ryan. Ton of talent on the team. You know, get CJ Stroud ready see where things fall for him in the future. That's a smart move to me. You know, and everyone thinks that the Panthers should go out and draft a quarterback. At nine, I to me, I don't believe in Will Levis, you know, at all. I really don't. I don't think that he should be a top 10 pick. I don't think he should be a first round pick. Just my opinion. I think it'd be smart for the Panthers to draft a wide receiver like Quentin Johnson, guy from TCU. Big target. The guy can go up and fucking pinpoint the ball. I think that would be the smarter move for them. You know, maybe pick up a quarterback in the second round. Get him. Get a weapon. Maybe pick up a quarterback in the second round. You could walk with. You could rock with PJ Walker next year. Sam Darnold. Continue to develop talent. Continue to build your roster. Could be a smart move there for you as well. In my opinion, I guess. You know, looking at you know a couple other picks here. Nothing too crazy, about 10 through 15, other than I have Michael Mayer going to the Packers. 
I think that would be a smart move for the Packers, whether they decide to stick with Aaron Rodgers or go with Jordan Love. Just add another weapon and a big one at tight end like that. You know, when Christian Watson's really starting to develop, Alan Lazard's really good. I think that would be a smart move. Mix him and Tanya in together would be a dynamic duo at tight end. But about that, that's kind of all through that area. 16 through 20, nothing too crazy. I, I, uh, I have Jackson Smith and Jigma going to the Texans at 19 there. That's the other pick. I, I did a trade in the draft because I didn't feel like the Texans would get good value. I think it was at 15, so I traded with the Bucks, dropped back to 19. I see them taking Jackson Smith and Jigba. You know, like I said, build up that roster, put some weapons on the offensive side of the ball. They don't have that, so why, why go draft Bryce Young? when your offense doesn't really have a lot of weapons. We saw that didn't really help Bryce this year. He had a lot of weapons <clears throat> in 2021. Unphenomenal Heisman winning year. Doesn't have that many weapons this year. Kind of has a downhill turn. It takes weapons to make a good quarterback look great. That's just how it is. So I think that would be smart for them. Drop Jackson Smith and Jigma. Working both sides of the ball in the first round. A weapon on the defensive line. A weapon on the wide receiver. Next, the only other quarterback I have going in the first round, I see uh, the Giants drafting Tanner McKee at 23. I think that would be a really solid move for them. I, I'm not a big Daniel Jones believer. I, I kind of I really like Tanner McGee, McKee. He's, he's really good out of Stanford. You know, just kind of played on a bad team, but he still put up decent numbers, still makes a lot of good decisions. You know, David Shaw has produced quite a few good quarterbacks into the NFL. So I think that would be a smart move for the Giants there. Other than that, you know, rounding out the first round, nothing crazy. I have the Bills taking B. John Robinson at 30. You know, I, I was seeing somebody's mock draft saying that he could go at five to the Eagles. I was like, really think the Eagles would, I mean, who knows? Maybe. I mean, B. John's that kind of talent, man. The guy's, unbe he's unbelievable. So I could, if he falls to the Bills, I would, I would think that the Bills would take him to add to their offense, especially if they don't win the Super Bowl, you know, definitely get another, get something else to help produce you know more on offense so that'd be the smart decision in my opinion <clears throat> but that's just for my mock draft 1.0 we'll call it that i'll riley brayfield show mock draft 1.0 now moving on to my top five favorite college basketball games of this weekend all these games are on saturday i don't really know when the lines come out for college basketball games i'm gonna assume they're gonna come out today friday when you're listening to this but they weren't out thursday so i don't really have any lines for these or what kind of where i'm betting i'll tell you kind of what what i think i'll probably do if i decide to bet on them but number 14 indiana number eight kansas at the allen field house um i'm excited to watch this one because tracy jackson davis and Jalen wilson talked about them in my college basketball preview both of them are really good power forwards. It's going to be fun to watch them go back and forth, back and forth, you know. And there's a lot of weapons around both of them. They have – both teams can score the basketball. That's why I'm probably going to rock the over on this one. It just feels right, you know, the battle of these two blue blood programs, the over, and they're both scoring, you know, tons of points. They both have guys that can score 20 points a game. So I'm, I'm expecting the over to hit in that game. If it doesn't, I don't know what to tell you. Go fuck your cousin because number four Alabama is playing number fifteen Gonzaga. This is technically an away game for Alabama, but the game's being played in Birmingham, so it's not an away game for Alabama. Doesn't make any sense to me. I, I didn't look into too much into it to see what if it's some challenge or some something like that. It probably is, but 
the tide continued to roll. They ended up, they squeezed by Memphis on Tuesday night. Uh, now they got Gonzaga, you know. Gonzaga hasn't played in a couple days, a lot longer than Alabama has out since Alabama only played on Tuesday. I feel like Gonzaga's going to come out a little bit inspired, a little bit fired up. I'm feeling like it's going to be a Drew Timmy special. He's just going to fucking tear it up and put up some points, and Gonzaga's just going to be rolling. So I'm, I'm going to take Gonzaga. I feel like Alabama's probably going to be favored in this one, so I'll probably uh, go Gonzaga money line. But if Gonzaga's favored, I'll probably take the spread, as long as it's not more than three. Three just feels too risky to me. <clears throat> Speaking of risk, you ever go to Houston? Sounds risky to me. But number five, Houston. Number two, Virginia. Um, I feel like this one's going to be a, a defensive battle. Both these teams can put up a ton of points, but when they faced uh, tougher teams this year, they it's been a lot more low scoring. So both teams are very good defensively. Both teams do have guys that can score. Um, I just think it's, I'm probably going to take the under in this one, honestly, especially if it's set at over 125, I'm definitely taking the under. I feel like it's going to be like a 50-50 type ball game, 54-53, something like that. You know, I feel like it's just going to be a grind out defensive battle just missing shots left and right <clears throat> but uh that, that so yeah that's what i'll take in that one i'm probably gonna take the under especially if it's under one if it's under 125 don't fuck with it don't fuck with it at all i wouldn't that's just me though i don't know but number 16 ucla is uh playing number 13 kentucky in the madison square garden gym this weekend Blue blood battle, just like you know, Iowa, Kansas, another blue blood, blue blood battle, blue blood battle. I can't fucking say it. blue blood battle going on this weekend. Got a couple of those. I think like this should be a really good game. You know, both these teams have a lot to prove. Both these teams have lost a couple of games already early. You know, both of these teams. You know, like I said, they have something to prove. You know, last year didn't go their way, especially Oscar Shebe. You know, I was talking about him earlier. And uh, my earlier college basketball preview, so I feel like this is just going to be a really, really good game. I feel like I feel like Kentucky's going to be favored in this one, but I'm gonna I'm gonna ride UCLA money line. I have a feeling Kentucky's going to be favored just be just because of their ranking right now. So, but I feel like Tommy Hawkins, Tiger Campbell, they're just going to put on a performance. UCLA is going to come out and just beat the piss out of Kentucky. Well, not really, but it's going to be really close. I would probably rock the over on that one though. That the. <laughs> UCLA money line in the over, possibly. Okay. Tennessee, Arizona, number six. Tennessee, number nine. Arizona. I'm just gonna come out and say it. Wildcats are gonna win this game. I just don't have any faith in the Vols this year. I don't feel like they're really the sixth best team in the country right now. Um, but I bet they'll be favored. I'm probably gonna take Arizona money line. You know. I just don't think that Tennessee is going to be able to stop the dynamic back or front court of uh, Tubeleus and Bello. I don't know how to, I'm probably saying, I'm probably butchering the fuck out of their names, man. That's horrible, horrible. I'll try my best. I got to, I got to watch a game. I'm going to watch this one. I got to watch this one so I can figure out how they pronounce their names. But it should be a really good game. I just don't think Tennessee is going to be able to slow those two down low. I mean, they've been tearing it up from what I've been seeing. So I'm probably going to write Arizona money line, especially if Tennessee is favored. Um, but if Arizona's favored, if the spread's more than five, um, I'm not taking that. If it's five or under, I'll, I'll take that. But anything over that, it feels it's gonna feel way too risky. But bet, bet, bet. Jesus fucking Christ, dude! I cannot fucking talk. Bet how you want. That's all I gotta say. Bet how you want. Now for my top five 
College Football Bowl games of the weekend here. This one's going down um, today, tonight, Friday night. The Duluth Trading Cure Bowl. Number 25, UTSA Roadrunners. Number 24, Troy Trojans. Both these teams have been really good this year. Both these teams offensively have been tearing it up this year. That's why they won their conferences. Definitely taking the over in this game. It's at 55 and a half. That's if you see it, you like it, you know it, you feel it, you bet it. That's what this game is about. Point blank period. Bet the over. Wasabi Fenway Bowl. This one's going on in Fenway Park, obviously. Cincinnati, Louisville. A lot of fun storylines here in this game. Scott Satterfield was the coach at Louisville. Now the coach at Cincinnati. You know, this is obviously isn't a football stadium, so both these teams have to share a sideline. This is also an old rivalry game dating back to the days of the old CUSA and the Big East between Cincinnati and Louisville. The battle, the, no, the battle for the keg of nails. It's a keg full of nails. Yep, just how it sounds. So it should be a fun one. You know, there's all sorts of drama around it. Um, we'll see. I don't know. I think the best part is, that they have the the sidelines right next to each other but i think cincinnati will probably pull this one out mostly because malik cunningham declared for the draft so i don't feel like that's very good for louisville you know evan prater evan prater yeah evan prater's still there so they'll probably rock with him and they'll be just fine so cincinnati should win that one pretty easily i would say so cincinnati money line because louisville's favored i don't know why but they are i just realized that SCRS Distribution Bowl, Florida, Oregon State. Basically, Oregon State's going to be the piss out of Florida. The spread set at minus 10, taking it. The spread is just, the spread is just set at 10. I don't know why I said minus. I'm not, I'm not fucking stupid, but I am. I don't know. Beavers, they, they should win this one pretty easily. You know, Florida doesn't have Anthony Richardson. Teams kind of in turmoil this year for Florida. So I expect, I expect Oregon State to win this one. They've had a really good year. They probably want to finish it out with a win. Oh, excuse me. Ravioli's coming back up. The Jimmy Kimmel LA Bowl. Named after stupid Jimmy Kimmel. Washington State, Fresno State. Another game I'm taking over because I love both these quarterbacks. Cam Ward, Washington State is electric. He can run it. He can throw it. And it's just, he just looks like a pro quarterback in my opinion. I think he, I hope, I think he has a future in the NFL. Jake Hayner, another guy, same type of thing, you know, makes plays. He's been carrying Fresno State to a lot of success the past two years, two nine-win seasons. Should be really fun. I expect a lot of points. I'm taking the over for sure, Dave. 52 and a half, easy money. Those those two are going to sling the ball around. It's going to be one of the best bowl games, I bet, of bowl season or whatever it's called anymore. <clears throat> but out where old Walter White's cooking Crystal Mez, we got the New Mexico Bowl. We got SMU and BYU. I like how I just said that, and then now I just realize these are two, both religious schools. That's crazy, and I just said something about drugs. I'm going to motherfucking hell. But SMU, BYU, down here for BYU, still a lot of talent on the team. They still did okay, you know, with the tough schedule that they had. <clears throat> but SMU, they, they, their offense has just been tearing it up this year. You know, most of their guys are still sticking around, it seems like. So taking them at minus four just feels feels right, feels good. You know, I could see SMU winning by a touchdown for sure. So those are just the bowl games I'm watching, the ones I'll be betting on to get myself by this lonely weekend of nothing really exciting going on.
Dude, my mouth is parched. He said, I, I took too many edibles today. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to, but that's just how it is. Top five NFL games of <clears throat> this weekend because there's games on Saturday and Sunday. I am currently watching the 49ers versus Seahawks game where uh, Gino just got railed by Nick Bosa and pick six it. But it got flagged back. Or wait. Yeah, maybe it did. I don't know. Crazy. I'm stupid. I can't listen to the volume. Because I'm recording, obviously. But anyways, Saturday night, Dolphins versus Bills. A whole lot of drama about the weather in Buffalo and how it's going to affect the Dolphins. And, you know, blah, 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 blah. Mike McDaniel wore a shirt saying something about it. Whatever. I think I think that it will affect them, actually. I don't know why, but it just will. Josh Allen, I feel like he's just going to beat him up. The, sp the spread's at seven. I'm taking it. Bills minus seven. Fucking easy money. Take it away. Put it in the box. I don't know what I'm saying. Bills minus seven, though. That's the easy money pick. Falcons versus Saints. We finally get to see Desmond Ritter start an NFL game. Should be fun to see. We haven't seen him play in almost a damn year. Yeah, that's crazy. It's almost been a year since we saw him as a starter in the same fucking arena, I think, honestly. Yeah. Well, well this one's in the Superdome. Actually, never mind. <clears throat> Desmond Ritter getting his first career start. Um, excited to watch that. You know, both these teams kind of could still make the playoffs, so they really need to win this game. I'm just not. The Saints are absolute dumpster fire this year. They cannot do anything right. So I don't. I think they're going to probably be up at some point, but Falcons are going to come back. Desmond is going to look probably really good, in my opinion. So Falcons, money line is the pick for that one. Lions, Jets, two teams. This is probably, honestly, this Lions, Jets game is probably the biggest game of the season for both of these teams. A win or a loss could mean so much for their playoff hopes. Another loss, so it's really push you out of that conversation, you know, especially for the Lions. A win really puts you right where you want to be, you know, still fighting. So this one's really important for both these teams. I, I I don't think the Jets are going to win. I like Mike White. Mike White, he's slinging the rock right now. But I got to – I fucking – I keep saying it, man. Jared Goff is the guy. So I'm rocking with the Lions. Lions money line again because Jared Goff is the motherfucking answer in Detroit. Ride him, bro. Ride fucking Jared Goff to the fucking playoffs, man. Let's go. I'm getting myself way too fucking hyped up thinking about Jared Goff. It's not in a gay way, man. Like as in like a fucking – Fucking yeah, go Jared Goff, dude. That's what it is. That's what it is. That's how it is. I got to move on. Titans, Chargers. Two teams fighting to get a playoff spot right now. Same kind of situation like I was talking with the Lions and Jets. Up and down, up and down. You know, Titans have a lot easier path to playoff because their division is absolute garbage. Chargers really, really need this win, I think. But Titans are kind of, are kind of falling apart. I don't really like where the Titans are going. I have a feeling... That it might be a rebuild time for the Tennessee Titans. You know, I saw Taylor Lewan's clip about him getting cut. I feel like the way that the performance, you know, I just feel like there's going to be a lot of change coming in Tennessee because they kind of got to change up the brand of football they're playing because it's not working. It works sometimes, and then most of the time it doesn't seem like it works when it really needs to work. So, but I'm taking the Chargers to win this one, you know, just because everyone's pretty much healthy for them. So, I don't see why they shouldn't start 
being a lot better. So Chargers minus three for me, please. And then probably the biggest game of the week, Sunday night, Giants versus Commanders. Last time they tied. This time... Will they tie again? I hope they tie again. If they tie again, that would be absolute madness, absolute chaos if they tie again. It would be the best day of my life, probably. I would never, I wouldn't get off Twitter for probably an hour. My wife would be like, Are you cheating? I'm like, No, babe. I'm on Twitter because the Giants and the Commanders tied twice this year. I don't think this has ever happened. It would be unreal. But I think something's got to give in this one. So Taylor Heineke effect, getting the job done. You know he will. That's just how it be. But I like the over a lot more than I like the spread or I like the money line. So, over 40 and a half for me. Last time they got 2020, this time they'll get 2120. Mark my motherfucking words. That's today's show. I'm Riley Brakefield. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe. Share, send this to your friends. Send this to someone that you wish to rekindle your relationship with around Christmas because you miss him and for the holidays. Do that. But, anyways, that's me. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe. Have a blessed weekend. Let's win some money. But for now, your boy titties. Is out.